Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, July 22nd, 2019. What's going on? How are you doing? Uh, podcast is very late today. I'd like to apologize to all the people out there affected, especially the ladies. I know... Being a woman, it's just so much harder to download a podcast than it is for a man. And it's something that people with penises just cannot understand. And and then furthermore, when you compile that with the fact that you call it the Monday morning podcast and you make a promise. To, to, to put the podcast out Monday morning and it doesn't happen. I just feel like for me, it brings up a lot of daddy issues. I would say, Dad, can I have cornflakes in the morning? And he'd be like, yeah, sure. And in the morning, I'd have Fruit Loops. And he would say, sorry. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So sorry to all the sensitive cats. I should have called it the Monday evening podcast occasionally, but mostly it's the Monday morning podcast. Um, all right. How are you? Um, oh, Billy Freckles. Oh, Billy Thespian. Billy Shakespeare. I almost said Shakespeare. Can't say that anymore. Shakes homosexual? Is that what you say? I don't know what the fuck you're supposed to say. I don't know what you're supposed to say. Well, maybe if you cared more about it. Ah, go fuck yourself. I live in my own fucking world. All right? I hold the door for people. I make sure I got my Metro card out. You know, if I'm looking at my fucking phone when I walk down the streets of New York, I get up against the building. Okay? That's what I, I do. Visible shit that you can see. Okay, and you can put it all in the consideration column. People walking around with your fucking words and you're still acting like a cunt. Well, good for you with all your, your fucking happy words. You know, no one likes you. Oh, yeah, I went there. Nobody likes you. Who, Bill? Who are you talking about? I don't know. People. People who fucking bug me. The most cuntiest people. I'm in a fuck. The, I'm in, I am overtired. Um, I had to go on set today and say things that other people wrote, and it's just so exhausting. Uh, Try being an actress. You're not supposed to say actress anymore. Fuck. Um, (laughs) Anyway, I had a 5 a.m. call. What, I got a fucking paper route again? Is that what it is? You got one of them paper routes? When I was a kid, when I was a lad, you know, Coming up in the 70s. Hey, freckles. Um, I had a uh, I had a paper route. Kids had paper routes. They got up in the morning, got on bicycles, and they rode around the neighborhood dressed as paper boys, daring somebody to kidnap them. Did it every fucking morning, pretty much, except for one trip. We took one family trip between third grade and ninth grade. I've told you these stories before. Started in third grade, and it was cute. Oh, look at the little ginger fucking guy with the big bag, right? By the time I was in ninth grade, I was like, hey, collecting. It wasn't cute anymore. It's just like, ooh, this kid's not getting laid anytime soon. Huh? Got a fucking little kid job, and you're riding a bicycle? I'll tell you. I, I haven't been to high school in a while, but I'll tell you right now, as far as I remember, 
Them cheerleaders was not into that vibe. You want to ride on my bike handles? Uh, my handlebars? Bike handles. Handlebars. Yep, I saved some money. Most of the money I blew on football cards. D- stupid fucking candy that doesn't even exist anymore. Remember Big Buddy? It was a, this fucking gum. It was like, I swear to God, it was like 12 inches long. And it was just all one stick of it. A giant thing. It just said Big Buddy. And you peeled it down. You, you fucking just bit it off like beef jerky. And you just kept going. Then, of course, to make your friends laugh, you'd be like, how much of the Big Buddy can you get in your fucking mouth? This is what we did before the Internet. This is what you did when you lived in a house and the UHF antenna didn't work. So there was no cartoons. There was just the adult channels during the day. They just had the fucking news and Mike Douglas. And I would watch the occasional comedian, but, you know, all my friends were watching Tom and Jerry and Mighty Mouse and Woody Wood. You know, the Mighty Heroes. Remember the Mighty Heroes? What was how, did, how the fuck did that song go? Something like Tornado Man, Strong Man, Diaper Man. And then there was, uh, and cool, cool, cool. I couldn't stand that fucking asshole. Could not stand him. He was fucking useless. He could barely get off the ground. You know, I think I like Tornado. I like Strong Man. That was the guy I liked. Anyway, I'm going down the road here. Johnny Quest. That type of shit. All my friends were watching that crap. And where was I? Sitting at home all by myself in a busy street watching Days of Our Lives. Um, Mom, is it true that you can come back if you fall off a cliff? Asking her those kinds of questions. You know, soap opera storylines. Anyways, anyways, I'm going to continue. That's how I say it. I don't give a fuck. I know it's anyway. I don't give a shit. Anyways. I got back. There's nobody in my apartment. My beautiful wife, my lovely daughter, were out with some family members. They're out there getting pizza and everything. And old Freckles is on the movie diet. So I'm sitting here all by myself eating a Mediterranean salad with some chicken, right? Not something I want to do. Something I got to do. All right? I'm doing it for the craft. Okay? Tom Cruise, he can learn how to fly helicopters all day long. But is he going to sit there with the Mediterranean salad all by himself? Is he going to let all his people go home and just sit there in the silence just hearing that lettuce echoing in your head as you're chewing it, you know? I wonder. I wonder if he's got it in him. Um, so I'm sitting there, and what sounds like from up the street, because New York's always no- noisy, I, I thought it was like a truck. It sounded like this truck, and then a couple, whoop, whoop, like the fucking cops or something. I'm like, all right, something's going down. And then it sounded like cheering. <sighs> I was like, what the fuck is this? And then all of a sudden, it just uh, I just started hearing this. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And it got louder. Coming down the street was a fucking parade in, in the middle of the rain. I don't know if it was a protest. I don't know what the fuck it is. So I fucking opened the window and I'm looking out the street. They're like, Sorry if I hurt your ears there. Should have tapped on the chest. Sorry about that. It was a fucking parade in the middle of the rain. Saw a couple of Puerto Rican uh, flags, I believe. So I know it's not Puerto Rican uh, parade. I don't think so. I don't know what. All I know is it's hard to get a fucking permit to uh, to have a fucking legal parade. 
So, uh, but I don't know. Last night, oh wait, is the Puerto Rican Day Parade coming up? Because last night I saw like this whole fucking group of people on motorcycles, all different sizes, the real ones and then the little ones, just tearing through the fucking town. And then you know, you know that three wheeled car that you're not even enclosed. I don't even know how it's street fucking legal. Like four of those went by. It was fucking insane and awesome all at the same time. Let's look. Maybe this is the pre Puerto Rican Day Parade. When is that? Sunday, June 14th. I missed it. I don't know. Something's going on. I have no idea. Maybe the Yankees signed somebody. All right. Or maybe they're still not giving relief to those poor people down there in Puerto Rico. I don't know. Maybe they were just happy that it was raining out. And the fucking heat wave was over. But it was, uh, it was pretty cool. I miss New York. Opening the window and a parade just goes by. It's great. I don't want to be in the parade. I don't want to be trying to cross the street in the parade like what happened with the gay pride parade. But the gay pride parade goes by and I'm, I'm upstairs in an, an air conditioned uh, uh, unit. I, I am, you know, I'm, I'm up there fucking having a good time with everybody else. You know, like a little damsel. Who's that chick who fucking had to throw down? Rapunzel. No, not Rapunzel. Yeah, Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your hair. I got to confuse a Rumpelstiltskin. Fucking evil cunt. Did he make that chick fucking, she had a so, or she had golden hair. You had her making hoodies or something like that. Dude, is there anything better than a fucking uh, Rapunzel's hair made into a hoodie with a, a gold pair of Jordan Air ones? Over. Over. I'll tell you right now, you guys got to reach out to Paul Verzi. Paul Verzi podcast. I got him shook. My sneaker game has elevated. You know? Good friend of mine bought me a pair of Jordan ones. Fucking Verzi is just like he's been texting me. He just he doesn't even see them on me because he just saw a picture of them. He goes, dude, those Jordans are sick. He'll just in the middle of the week. Those Jordan ones you got are sick. Like I've never seen anybody. Him and Giannis Papas. I've never seen two people into sneakers the way they are. They are like. They're so into it. You almost you almost you know when somebody's so into something you can't even make fun of them. You get like nervous. Like, is this like making fun of somebody's religion? Because this is what this is feeling like. Um, but I've got him twice on this trip. Twice with the sneakers. And he, he's, I don't know. Verzi actually opened for me. It was pretty cool. We did uh, this theater in uh, Inglewood, New Jersey. It's, it's this, the first theater I ever did with Paul, like 10 years earlier. I remember driving up there going, man, I haven't been in Inglewood in a while. And I started thinking like, wait, is this the fucking... And Verzi was opening. Goes, this is a fucking place I did with Verzi. The second I walked in and I saw the stage, I was like, oh shit, this is it. So Paul comes in and I'm like, Paulie! He's like, what's up? I go, dude, look at that stage. He goes, yeah, man, it looks good. And I was just like, you know what? This, this is the first place you opened for me. You remember? Right? And he's just like, no, man. He goes, he goes is it? He goes, you're into that nostalgic stuff. <laughs> he said nostalgia it's like no dude it's, it's just having a memory nostalgia jesus christ i'm not fucking antiquing here um anyways he went out and fucking ripped it up he ripped it up paul verzi ripped it up while wearing what i've never seen he was wearing a pair of pumas brand new of course looking sharp but i've in the 10 years this is me getting nostalgic again, evidently. In the 10 years that I've known that guy, I have never seen him 
in a pair of Pumas. It's always been Nike. Then he's, he's thrown in a couple of random random things, but they're always classic sneakers from a different era. Like maybe like, uh, I don't know, Glenn Howard ones or fucking, I don't even know who the hell that is. Uh, I'm trying to think of a fucking old time Ramil Robinson twos or something like that. He'll break those out, right? But I've never seen them. They were the old school ones. So I had to have a sit. I had to find out, you know, because a lot of people don't know this. Paul's a very humble guy. He keeps it on the down low. He actually has one of the few non-athlete sneaker deals that Nike has ever signed. It's like Jay-Z. I don't even know if this is true. If those guys wear that shit. Didn't he have the S? He had the, the Sean, the S dots, the Sean Carters. Remember back in the day, Charlie Murphy, rest his soul. When those things came out, he got them all. All the colors. Um, that was the first time I was introduced to people like, you know, when I grew up, you got a pair of sneakers at the beginning of the year. And then that was it. And you actually were self-conscious at how clean they were. And after about a month, you felt a little bit better with them, right? You'd show up with your new fucking sneakers, right? And then the one broke kid would walk around, accidentally step on it, you know? And he could beat the shit out of you. So you're like, hey, I hope that was an accident. Um, and then you just wore them for the whole fucking year. And that was it. Your mother would buy them a half a size or a size too big. And that was it. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe all these, maybe all of those kids, they just wanted, you know, you know, they're in therapy now. I just don't understand why my mom couldn't buy me another pair for Thanksgiving. Or, you know, how about Christmas? And then they do, you know, someday when I get older, I'm going to have all the sneakers I ever wanted. And every day is going to look like the first day of school. <laughs> I'm just fucking with your sneakerheads. I respect it. But then there's another part that's just so fucking funny. Watching grown men in their 40s still dressing like they're waiting for a school bus. I don't know. There's just something. I don't you know. It's, it's the dress down generation gone fucking nuts. Like it, it's like dressed out casual Friday began, I remember, in the late 80s. And I was working in a warehouse at the time. And they, they just introduced casual Fridays. And somebody asked, I remember they said, uh, what's casual in the, in the carpeted area? Where everybody dressed like a fucking little Bud Fox, you know, and they got themselves a cubicle. Got a little ready, got a position. That was the big thing. They got a position, right? In the carpeted area, people, somebody asked out there, remember, they said, what is casual Friday? And I was walking by, I said, oh, that's when you guys dress like us, you know, because we were just always jeans and T-shirts. And they laughed, and I, I felt good because I got a laugh, right? My hair was the color of a fire engine, and I, I, needed, I needed to be reinforced. I didn't have the self-esteem to sit and talk to myself on a microphone by myself for a fucking hour. Uh, anyways, uh, and then my boss ended up having a meeting about it. He was like, uh, you know, uh, the other, last week, uh, Friday, I believe it was, uh, we had our first casual Friday, and uh, somebody... From the something-something department, asked what it was, what's Casual Friday, and uh, uh, Bill Burr said, uh, that's when you dress like us. It got a little chuckle, and I was like, oh, good, I got another laugh, but I could feel the fucking impending doom coming. And he's just like, I think we should have a little more respect. Uh, it's like, dude, we're fucking unloading trucks, there's no air conditioning out here. 
Still the 80s. We're still tucking in our T-shirts into our jeans. It's not enough for you. Cuffing them at the top of our fucking ghost white Reebok aerobic high tops. That's not enough for you. It's because you walk around and you got a fucking tie on and all of a sudden, you know, you got a door and you're closing it. Sitting in there with your air conditioning. You can fucking tell us how to drive. Try to say we should have more self-esteem. I was just saying like, dude, we're fine. So everybody kind of got fucking balled out because of me. I'm bringing that back, by the way. Balled out. You hear about Mike? Fifth grade, he got fucking balled out. <laughs> dude, he got fucking bagged. He was skipping school. He got fucking bagged. Yeah, the principal was balling him out. I know it sounds oddly sexu- sexual, but that's what it was. He got balled out. Um, I always took that to mean they take your balls out and they just fucking... You kick you in the fucking seeds. That's how I always looked at it. Um, anyway, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about here. Oh, the carpeted area. And then those people, they'd get in the carpeted area. They'd get a position. And all of a sudden, they did have a little skinny tie. You know, leather. They were crushing ass on the fucking weekend. They'd have the leather tie, letting people know, you know, that it was going down. You know, you fucking, you didn't have any sideburns. You just had it straight across, right above your fucking ear. And you had your leather tie. Maroon with the black thin stripes and your black leather tie tucked into your gray dockers, your little fucking belt that came with the fucking pants, your little fucking dance slippers. Remember those little skinny, those fucking shoes that people had back then? Not the, not the fucking office shoes, you know, like I'm going to wear them, but I'm going to show people that I'm cool. And on the weekend, I got a little game with the ladies and they, they wear those. They, I swear to God, they look like they look like dancing slippers that had like shoestrings on them came in white, black, you know, gray and all this shit. And they'd be walking around. <laughs> they get that fucking cubicle. What's the first thing they did? Making extra money. They start saving away. Huh? Cutting another fucking link off the chain. Ah, no. What'd they do? They'd go out and they'd buy a new fucking car. Coming in like they were a badass. And the people above them were psyched. Remember my brother told me that. Told me it was the dumbest fucking thing you could ever do. You start making more money and then you spend more money. And he goes, watch all these fucking people, Bill. They go out there and they buy the fucking car and their stupid little skinny ties, right? And they just, they literally, they just chain themselves to their fucking desk. You know, he was giving me basically, I was just talking to somebody about this today. He was basically giving, giving me the, the Bronx tale, now you can't leave speech, like Four or five years before it ever came out, you know? Remember those fucking cars? One guy got a good car, though. He was kind of the boss's son, though. He got the Jeep Renegade or something like that. I remember it was a big deal because it had square headlights, front headlights, and all Jeep purists were flipping out because never in the history of Jeep or Willys did it ever have square headlights. Um, and they were saying it wasn't as good as the CJ7 and all that. But I got to tell you, that dude took us out fucking four-wheeling in that thing. And, uh, what the fuck is this thing? Hey, Bill, we're running a show. Love to have you. Oh, Jesus Christ, what am I, fucking 18? <laughs> fucking wiped out. Um, anyway. He took us out four-wheeling in that thing, and I could not, and I couldn't fucking believe what it was going through. Every time I thought it would bottom out, he, you know, and he was beating the shit out of it. Like, only a boss's son drives a new car. 
just knowing another, there's another one there, you know? It's like whenever you watch American Greed. And those fucking assholes, because they, they're feeling guilty about the money they're stealing, they're being all generous with everybody else. And, he, and he, they're like breaking open bottles that are like bottles of wine that are like fucking $10,000 each, and they're like chugging them. Because it's never going to end, right? They're just fucking, you know, it's the 80s. It was a time of excess. Um, I missed out because I was a fucking teenager. You know, by the time I came of age, everybody knew that cocaine was the big lie. It was a big lie, and they had all those fucking commercials, you know, with the bacon and the eggs and people coming on there with their fucking nose all blown out, sitting there going like, I had a wife, and I had children, and I had a beautiful house and a pool, and uh, then I discovered cocaine. You know, it started off as uh, just, you know, it was a good time. Uh, it made me feel good. Uh, I was easy to talk to. I, I like I liked who I was, this cocaine guy, and then... uh you know, once in a while became uh, once in a week. You know, you know, I thought I had it under control. I still showed up to work on time. And then, you know, it became uh, something that I uh, was doing on the back of a toilet bowl uh, every other 20 minutes. And uh, people kept asking me what I was doing. And I, you know, I told them I had allergies. And, uh, and I was just really excited about it. But uh, eventually they figured I was on cocaine. And uh, my uh, wife left me. She started fucking my sober sponsor but that's a different story and that's that's what i was just so everybody knew that fucking cocaine was like a bad fucking deal you know which blows my mind i think that everybody just knew that it was bad so it like it kind of went away at least wherever the fuck i was at and then somewhere like 10 11 years ago it just came back with a vengeance and i just remember thinking like people are doing this again what the fuck like i get heroin because the fentanyl and all of that shit was never around. So that just led people to that. That was like a new way in. But cocaine is just cocaine, right? I mean, you know what the fuck it is. You know what it's going to do to you. And people started doing I just was like, really? Says the guy who smokes too many cigars. All right, I'm going to get off my fucking stump here. Do you know how you people should live your lives? You should live your lives the way I pretend to live my life. That's the way you should live it, Okay. This episode is all about me pretending like I've solved all my problems. Did I talk to you guys about addiction? Hmm? My new, uh, this is my new way of looking at addiction. I think I might have talked about this. I don't give a shit. Um, I find it fascinating. I'm really starting to think that addiction, like the amount of shit you're fucking addicted to, but like no one gives a fuck, like your phone and food sugar salt and all of that i think i already talked about this so i really just came to this realization that if i'm doing something then in my heart of hearts i don't want to be doing then i'm I'm, on some level i'm addicted to it how many times late at night you're like walking home especially back when i was boozing don't do it don't do it don't do it let me get two slices of fucking pepperoni mushroom what is that, a garlic knot? Why don't you fucking throw a couple of those on top and then just come on, just fucking sucking it down. You know, a pint of ice cream. I'm only going to have the first third of it. You fucking just chowing it down. And the next morning you wake up looking like the fucking Michelin man, right? Like, oh, why did I do that? 
I don't want to do that. I want to be in shape. I want to turn heads when I walk down the street. Who is that bald 51-year-old pigmentless person? Right? But yet you still do it. Why do you do it? On some level, I don't know what it is. You just fucking give. People always say, I know, it's so hard. But just eating well is so hard. Dude, it's like fucking impossible. You know? I mean, what am I going to do? I'm going to have a slice of pizza again? You know? Those same fucking people, as they're eating it, will say to somebody in shape, be like, dude, I mean, I just, I mean, you can eat whatever the fuck you want. You know? I mean, me, it just fucking piles on. Yeah, well, when you fucking eat a whole large cheats pizza yourself, they're fat so. Um, so, I guess doing something you don't want to do, but you know it's because it's, it's good for you, is, is, I guess, being disciplined. Like tonight, I came home and I was just like, ah, fuck. And I could just feel it. I could feel it coming up. You know, the food demon. We're just coming up. Bill, why don't you go out and get your pizza? Like, I don't want to get, I mean, I'd like to get a pizza. And then, fortunately, there's this place that makes salads. So before I could even give in to that, I just went in. I was just like, man, it's ready, salad, chicken. Uh, what kind of salad dressing do you want? Whatever the fuck you put on it, dude. Can't you see the sadness in my face? Are you really going to make me order even more? Just fucking throw it on there. Now, some douche right now with excitement. And his or her fingertips is going to send me an email and be like, Bill, actually, in a calorie sense, it was probably better if you ordered the pizza because a lot of salad dressings, believe it or not, actually have more calories than a Big Mac. Shut the fuck up. I don't give a fuck if it does. Okay? I'm still eating lettuce and fucking uh, fava beans, whatever the fuck they put. <laughs> I never know what they're doing. The salad is such a fucking mystery to me. Like, I don't even know where to begin. Like, how do you even fucking make one? You know, and then you got to get one of those fucking knives. You know, it's got two handles. You just fucking you, you go back and forth like fucking two people sawing down a tree in the fucking early 1900s. Um, I, you know, I've eaten so many of those fucking things on this shoot, and I really have no idea what's in it. But once in a while, you spot something. Is that a chickpea? Um, anyways, oh, Jesus Christ. Is that what you got to do to stay in shape? Just fucking walking down the street, eating a head of iceberg lettuce. I would like to do that one night right outside of an ice cream truck. Just sitting there eating a head of lettuce and just shaking my head slowly, looking at all the people as they order. You know, have like really dark sunglasses on so you can't tell who I'm looking at. Just shaking my head. Going, <laughs> As they order, yeah, let me get a uh, soft serve double bubble. And I go, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Excuse me, buddy, is there a problem? No, no, I'm just, just hanging out. Just hanging out. Jesus fucking Christ. Do you really need two? I heard that. Um, why would you do that, Bill? What, because you secretly want an ice cream? Yes exactly why i would do it you know i'd like to have my own parade of people fucking eating heads of lettuce coming right down the street at people eating ice cream right man break me fuck you you fat fuck right one of the most 
hateful parades since the Nazis. You know, you go back to the fucking Nazis, right? Just body shaming. I want to know. I think we all want to know who gave the permit for that parade. <clears throat> Stop speaking for everybody else. They're right there, double chin. Okay. You got more fucking liquid between your chins than the fucking rainforest. <laughs> Why, Bill? Why be mean like that? I don't know. So I ate a salad. I'm in a bad move. Give me a fucking break. All right, let's talk about... Um, let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Who is that? Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about sex. Ladies... That was salt and pepper. Salt and pepper. She spelled it the right way, the way the people in Boston say it. Salt and pepper, dude. You gonna go see them? I know they're not the right color. Just don't tell your parents. I think we'll be fine. And that was 1988. Um, all right. Let's see here. Uh, new dates. Oh, I got some new dates. Rup, rip, rip, read, rip. I'm gonna be in Asheville. North Carolina. I wish I knew what they were saying and if I could just somehow slip into their parade and just fucking march down the street with them and they'd be like, who the fuck is this <laughs> fucking albino Puerto Rican? Asheville, North Carolina, October 11th. I'm going to be at the Tomas. Thomas? Wolf Auditorium. Pre-sale is Wednesday, July 24th at 10 a.m. until Thursday, July 25th at 10 p.m. On sale Friday, July 26th at 10 a.m. I don't know if there's some sort of special code. I will uh, ask me, agent, and I'll fucking tweet it out. Um, I'll do it right now so I don't forget. Is there a special code for the pre-sale of the, the fuck am I, North Carolina show? question mark it's hilarious it literally wrote that out is there a special for the pre-sale of the fuck am i north carolina show oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know it's the little things in life that just make you laugh you know all right let's see here what do we got here how far into my 30 minutes geez just like that I'll tell you, something about sunstroke just makes a fucking podcast go by real quick. All right, let's let's do some reads here. Oh, look who's back. Wait, is this the first fucking... Oh, good boys. Oh, um, this is an advertising read. Oh, this is about a fucking movie. Oh, this is exciting because this is, I believe this is uh, Seth Rogen. I love his movies. All right, good boys. What if the guys who made some of the most outrageous R-rated comedies like Superbad and Sausage Party, decided to make an R-rated comedy starring 12-year-old boys. Jesus. Post Me Too. They're going hard. Well, they did it. And it's the hilarious new movie called Good Boys. It follows three innocent sixth graders as they skip school one day to do whatever it takes to learn how to kiss before their first middle school party. See, I mean, right there. That's how you sell a movie. That's how you pitch a movie. Good boys. Well, tell us what is it about. 
It follow, it's a movie that follows three innocent sixth graders as they skip school one day to do whatever it takes to learn how to kiss before their first middle school party. I'm buying it! That's it. This man knows how to do business out there. The thing is, they get themselves into a ton of inappropriate and R-rated situations along the way. Early audiences and critics have been raving about good boys, saying that you'll laugh for 90 minutes straight. They're calling it delightfully inappropriate. Oh, the pendulum swinging back. I'm feeling a breeze after the heat wave. Wild, raunchy. I'm seeing this the first night. And undeniably sweet. Oh, and it has a heart. See, that makes the industry feel okay. Who do we root for? Um, Don't forget to go see Good Boys in theaters August 16th. I'm going to be there. The big vat of fucking popcorn because I'll be done shooting this movie. Oh, that's going to be fun. I'm getting the popcorn and I'm getting the chocolate-covered almonds. And I'm going to sit there like the fat person I truly am. All right, honey. Honey. From the makers of Honey comes Honey. Honey, honestly, before I found out about Honey. Oh, Honey. (laughs) I love you. Seeing the promo code box at the checkout stressed me out. Like, should I be typing something in there? Is there a code? I love that Honey gave me credit that I could actually get that far when fucking ordering something. Um, Just knowing that there could be a discount out there made me worry about overpaying every time I shop online. Thankfully, now I have Honey. It's a free tool that connects to your computer's browser. As you're you're shopping, it scans the Internet for coupon codes and other discounts. Like Then, like magic, it automatically applies the best one to your cart at checkout. Honey. We'll find... Oh, honey. We'll find out... I'm running out of ways to say that. We'll find you every coupon code, sale, or discount on... Over 2,000 sites like Amazon, Amazon, J. Crew, eBay, Macy's, Sephora. What's that? Is that fucking VIP Macy's? Nordstrom and Moa. Uh, so you might ask, how do I get honey? My, how, how do I know honey has my back? Does it really work? Was the lunar landing a hoax? You got all kinds of questions. Well, honey is there to fucking answer them. By the way, I believe we landed on the fucking moon. Just the amount of fucking nerds that you'd have to get them to keep their mouth shut, okay? And you know nerds. They've never done anything cool in their life. And if they faked a fucking lunar landing, they'd be sitting there, you know what we just did? And the cat would be out of the bag. Okay, and as cruel as the CIA is, I think they draw the line at shooting somebody who has tape between his glasses. Back to the read. Well, not only did Honey test over 1 billion promo codes last year, but it actually applied 185,067,086 working codes to people's orders. That's a lot of real-life savings. Not to mention over 10 million people are already saving with Honey. And it has over 100,000 five-star reviews on Google Chrome Store. I don't know what any of this is. Google Chrome This is like a fucking airline. Every time you think you're in group one, they create a new group. Thanks to Honey, now there's literally... Is that why my internet's fucking slow? Because every douche out there now has Google Chrome? Thanks to Honey, now there's literally no stress when I see the promo code box at checkout. Look, there's no reason not to use Honey. It's free to use and easy to install on your computer in just two clicks. Never overthink that promo, the promo code box again. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash burr. That's joinhoney.com slash burr. Oh, honey. 
Online savings simplified. All right. Oh, look who's back. It's all zip. Hiring used to be hard. Just like an old man's dick, it used to be hard. Sorry. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy, and you have to go to you only have to go to one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter.com slash burr. Zip sends your job to over 100 of the, uh, one of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, Zip scans thousands of resumes to find people with just the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, Zip analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. Uh, ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employees who post on Zip get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive website address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Burr. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Burr, Z-I-P-R-E-C-R-U-I-T-E-R dot com slash Burr. ZipRecruiter. The smartest way to hire. All right, there we go. Is it time for the reads yet? Is it time for the reads? All right. Oh, look at this. Look at this. Oh, one of the favorite rare things that happens on this podcast, but it's starting to happen more because you know what? I asked the universe, and when you do that, the universe provides. This is a question, and it's coming from a lady. Hey, Bill, I am a 19-year-old lady, and I'm a huge fan. I work with horses and always listen to your podcast while I'm riding and bringing horses in and out. Is that dangerous? I mean, I don't know. You're on a fucking horse. What are you going to worry about, another fucking horse? I almost said texting while galloping. What is going on with me? What is it, 19 fucking 89 here, Bill? Get the comedy into 2019. Um, it's a gender-neutral horse. I get so excited for Mondays and Thursdays because it makes work go by a little faster when I get to listen to your podcast. Well, thank you. I show everyone your stand-up, and you are by far my favorite comedian. What the fuck? Okay, do you got a question? I'm German-Irish. I can't take compliments. I'm currently saving up money to see you for my birthday. Anyways, thank you for brightening my day with some laughter. What the fuck is that email all about? Jesus Christ, you'd think I got some heat coming my way. See, this lady likes me. That was not me shaking my dick down at the Port Authority as much as you might think it was. Don't you get away with one of those? You get the R. Kelly free pass. One time you can say, that's not me. And then the second time they're like, nah, dude, that's you. All right, 70s uh, Atlanta Falcons fact. All right, so uh, a couple podcasts ago. I was talking about the very interesting argument that somebody presented that the 1977 Atlanta Falcons are actually the best NFL defense of all time. And that includes the 1985 Super Bowl shuffle monsters of the Midway Chicago Bears and the fucking 2000 uh, Baltimore Ravens who really should have had a nickname for their defense. You know, you think they would have. Um, But anyway. 
Um, and they were saying, cause, and they went statistically. But, you know, the game has changed so much. They only played, they played 14 games. You know what I mean? They played in a fucking weak division. I'm not saying they weren't good, but easy, easy. To just go like, well, how many yards did they give up passing? Yeah, they gave up a little bit less. There's way too many fucking variables, especially now with the rules of coverage and all of this fucking shit. I can tell you this right now. The 77 Falcons, the 85 Bears, and the 2000 uh, Baltimore Ravens would be giving up way more fucking yards than they did if they had to play by today's, you know, don't tackle them too hard rules. So anyway, but I'm loving these old school football facts. So please keep them coming in or any old school sports, whatever. I don't give a fuck. Cricket. I don't give a shit. Write something in. I don't give a fuck. All right. 70s Atlanta Falcons fact. Hey, old Billy reads a lot. Uh, You and I are around the same age and it appears we both got into football around the same time. Growing up in the Midwest, I never watched the Atlanta Falcons of the mid to late 70s and never realized how dominant that defense was until recently. This is what I was talking about. Your comments about the Falcons on a recent podcast reminded me of my favorite goof from that era. And I actually, he sent this in a company video. I'll also, I will definitely uh, um, put, tweet this out to this link. This guy, Dave Hampton, said, have you heard the story about the first 1,000 yard rusher, Dave Hampton? No, it was the first, uh, wasn't it the first, it's, it was Atlanta's first 1,000 yard rusher. I mean, OJ was fucking tearing it up. He was getting 2,000 yards up there in Buffalo, you know. Uh, in case you haven't heard, uh, here are the highlights with a shitty dude. I just almost made the most fucked up joke about OJ Simpson up there at Buffalo, you know, when he was still dating black chicks, you know, he was rushing for 2000 yards, you know, those chicks knew how to fight. So, you know, he fucking focused on his game. Then he got the 49ers. He started dating white chicks and it all went off the fucking rails. Are you blaming white women? Yes. No. Um, okay, in case you haven't heard, here are the highlights with a shitty video clip at the end. It's not shitty. It's great. Dave Hampton was playing in his last game. Okay, I'm going to just – I actually watched the video. So the Atlanta Falcons were an expansion team, I believe, came in the league in 66, or were they part of the early 70s? Now I, I got to look that fact up, okay? What am I going to make you guys do that at work? People are going to know that you're not that you're listening to a podcast, not the fucking stock report, whatever the hell you're supposed to be doing. I'll look it up. Atlanta Falcons wiki or football reference. Let's go with those guys. I like those guys better. Um, Okay. Atlanta Falcons, 1966. Bam. There's yet another fact that's never going to make me any money in life or get a roof over my head. But I know it. 1966, they came in the league. They were a fucking joke. Okay. Fucking joke. Um, just got trampled their entire, I don't know how many years of existence. And, uh, so they didn't have a lot to cheer about. So anyway, they had this guy, Dave Hampton comes in the early seventies. All right. It's a 14 game season. So getting a thousand yards was two games harder. It's, it's still hard to this day, especially the way they're passing all the fucking time, but it was really hard back then, especially the way they could fuck it. The shit they could do to you. You had to, like, twist somebody's head all the way back around before they'd call a face off, uh, face off a face mask, it seemed. So they're finally going to have their first 1,000-yard rusher, 1,000-yard rusher, and uh, the whole crowd's going crazy. It's the only thing they have to cheer about. It's 
so to the point that in the last game of the season, he he rushes, he gets he gets literally like a thousand yards on the nose. There's a couple of minutes left. They're so fucking excited. They actually stop the game with two minutes left. Bring him out to midfield. They give him a fucking trophy and the game ball. And the fucking game ball. And I didn't see that he holds the trophy up. It's uh, You know, it says, congratulations, Dave Hampton. First thousand yard season, 1970, whatever. The whole fucking thing. He's in his head. I'm taking the offensive line out for steak dinners and all of this shit. Right? But now they got two minutes left. So I'm thinking, what's going to happen? He's going to go in the next play and he's going to blow out his fucking knee and he never plays again? Worse. No, not worse, but close. They give him the ball in the next play. The quarterback stumbles. He pitches it. The dude fumbles. He didn't really fumble. It was a bad pitch. He caught, went off his hands. He bounced. He picks it up like the athletic so-and-so that he is. And at this point, it's a sweep. The fucking team he's playing stretches it out, and they get him for a six-yard loss. So now he's got 994 yards. <laughs> oh, and guess what happened the rest of the game, people? This is a Charlie Brown story if I ever fucking heard one. The poor fucking bastard. They, they don't, the, the, the other team is so fucking pissed that they had that whole trophy ceremony. They just stacked the fucking line. And he doesn't get the yards. So now he's got this big fucking trophy for something he accomplished and it was immediately taken away. And NFL Films makes this whole fucking film about just a step behind or some shit about them. And it gets worse. The next year, same fucking thing. And at this point, it's a thing. All right? 14th game of the season. Is he going to fucking do it? And the 49ers were in that division. So you know they hated them, right? They were just being cunts. And they were like, fucking throw the ball all you want. This motherfucker's not getting 1,000 yards. They stacked the fucking line at the end of the game again. And he doesn't get the 1,000 yards. So then the third season. This is like a fucking movie. There's finally a happy ending. The third season. He's playing against the Packers. He needed like a sizable chunk of yardage and he, he broke off like a 15-yard run and he went over the 1,000-yard and the coach finally fucking get him out of the game. Got him out of the game and he finally fucking, he got, finally got his 1,000 uh, his yards. And you see, they actually interview the guy and he's, he's talking about it like people are still talking about. People aren't. Now nah, I just fucking brought it up. I hope I didn't just start some shit again. But I would think if you played in the 70s and then eventually you got the 1,000 yards, you know, and he did it with Atlanta. So, I mean, with the teams, the the anemic offense that they had back then, I mean, that was like gaining like fucking, I would say, 13, 1,400 yards today. I'm just going to pull that number right out of my freckled ass, and I'm going to stand by it. Uh, anyway, this guy says, I hope you enjoy this, and as always, go blues and go fuck yourself. Ah, you motherfucker. Congratulations on your Stanley Cup championship. I am happy for you as a St. Louis Blues fan. All right. God bless you. It's the end of July. I'm letting it go. All right. Oh, my kiddo just came in. Uh-oh. I got to hit pause here. Hang on a second. All right. I'm back. I'm back. Had to say hello to the kiddo and the lovely wife. Um, and my kid's awesome. She loves She loves the rough house. It's my favorite thing ever. Favorite thing ever. Um, anyway, what am I talking about here? Uh, the 70s football, blah, 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 blah. 
Uh, oh, the, the blues. Is that what I ended on? Yeah, I can fucking be mad enough to say congrats. Hey, what are you doing in here? What are you doing in here? You're not supposed to be in here while daddy's podcasting. He says the bad words. Bye. Bye-bye. Watch yourself. Watch your fingers. All right. Is there anything scarier than watching your toddler close the door? You're like, watch your fingers. Um, yeah, Bill, there's other things that are scary. Well, whatever. Okay. Boyfriend is all talk. Oh, boy. Here we go. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Oh, Jesus. Um, hey, Billy. Hey, Billy for ladies. Ladies. I just realized my boyfriend is all talk. He talks about how funny he is all the time, but the only people that laugh at his jokes are his friends. He said he could have been on SNL if he had the right surroundings as a child. What the fuck does that even mean? Uh, probably a worse childhood than he had, I would think. I think he's charming, but I have harder laughs with strangers when I'm out doing errands. Oh, my God. Please don't ever tell him this. Um, when I tell him he looks unhealthy, he tells me it's because he has a beard now and it's all in my head. He was in good shape when we met, but he's put on 20 pounds in the first two years after college. All right. He doesn't make you laugh. You don't like his beard. You think he looks unhealthy. Are you just going to criticize your way out of this fucking relationship? Like, what's going on? She goes, it's not the stupid looking beard. <laughs> oh, she goes, he put on 20 pounds in the, in the first two years after college. It's not the stupid beard. Sorry. I actually fucked up your perfectly written joke there. Um, he says he's in great shape, but he's not. He gets tired playing with my nephew after like 10 minutes. Dude, you should be a fucking comedian. You're destroying this guy. Uh, and has never made any effort to work out despite the fact that he says he wants to and, quote, will someday when his schedule allows it. I work a full-time job and still make time to do Pilates four days a week, which requires me to wake up at 5 a.m. Yeah, you're basically an astronaut and you're you're dating somebody who watched the lunar landing that's essentially what you're doing here okay so anyways she goes i know i'm gonna break up with them yeah i think all my entire podcast fan base knows you're gonna break up with them anyways i just feel bad because he didn't do anything wrong it's just that we're way too different and it's becoming more apparent as time goes by it's as simple as that well you know something congratulations to you for realizing that she goes, I want to be honest with him and tell him he's full of shit. Don't need to do that. Will that help him in the future to have heard the truth or will it make things worse? No, just say the first half. You don't have to say I'm breaking up with you because you're full of shit. Because he's going to be like, how am I full of shit? You're going to be like, well, first of all, you say you're funny and you're not. Okay. Your fucking friends laugh, but that's just because they got the, uh, what are the Patsy Klein syndrome, what do they call it? Patty Hearst syndrome? I don't know what the fuck it is. You got them held captive. You say you're in shape, you're not. You say you look sickly because of your fucking beard, it isn't. It's because you gained 20 pounds. You, this is what you're going to do, this guy. You're already going to fucking crush the guy if he's in love with you. Um, I think you just. You said, look, you know, you're going to break. I, I just feel bad because he didn't do anything wrong. Just tell him, look, you didn't do anything wrong. I just need more. And I have to go figure out what that is. Some, there's always the easy the escape hatch you can fucking pull. Um, but it's that's such a huge fucking thing to know that you're, you're not getting what you want and to know and to be strong enough to get out of it rather than settling with some fucking mushy bearded guy who doesn't make you laugh. 
Congratulations to you. And don't be mean. Okay? Just fucking lay it out there. The first half. You can leave that other shit. That's the other shit you tell your fucking girlfriends or some shit. All right? All right. Here we go. Plowing ahead here. All right. Um, All right. Girlfriend hates the gym. Well, Jesus, I think I found your fucking rebound guy right here. (laughs) This guy's doing Pilates. Oh, Billy Matchmaker over here. Hey, Billy Dingle Dick. I don't know what that means. I like it. Sounds like what my dick is like around fucking Christmas. I do that. I hang little sleigh bells off it. Uh, I'm probably not. It gets a little crowded down there with all the balls, if you know what I mean. I'm probably not the first guy to ask you about this, and I probably won't be the last. Probably not the first guy. I probably won't be the last. All right. So me and my girlfriend have been dating for a year now and are very much in love. We've been living together for a while now. She eats good food most of the time. She eats good most of the time and is in decent shape. But she absolutely despises the gym, and it's only a matter of time before her Italian family meals start to catch up with her. I mean, look, you get a lot of groans from a live studio audience of fucking cows, but you're, you're being fucking honest. Uh, she's told me to help her to lose weight, lose some weight, but she makes it very difficult. When I tell her we can't get a Frosty from Wendy's at 10 p.m., she acts all sweet and gives me the puppy dog face until I cave. Oh, brother. Next time she does that, you got to get one of those Gatorades that you can squeeze into somebody's mouth. (laughs) She makes that face. Just fucking squeeze it in there. I need to see a little more commitment. Um, Don't do that. All right. Telling her no is probably as hard as telling your daughter she can't have any more sweets. That's wrong, sir. That is wrong. Okay? You don't love this girl the way you're going to love your kids someday. Trust me. All right? And stop copping out. What it is is you don't got the fucking cojones downstairs there to fucking say what you're feeling. Or maybe you have the brains not to say it. Anyway, and convincing her to come to the gym with me is no easy task either. Last week, I tried to get her to do an at-home abs workout, but she pulled down my pants and decided to blow me instead so I'd leave her alone. Jesus Christ, this woman hates the gym. I mean, she's just going next fucking level. You know what she's going to do when when both those tricks don't work? She's going to have to get creative and start combining tricks. Honey, I have a fantasy. I have a fantasy that I go to Wendy's and I get a Frosty and I blow you. I have that fucking Frosty in my mouth. <laughs> Let me tell you, she'll be swallowing that night. Oh, Bill, for fuck's sakes, keep it clean. Keep it above board. Christ, says kids walking around. Um, anyway, she says, I'm definitely going to let her do that for a while longer. But who knows how long that will last. I still love her. Uh, that's not a good line. I still love her. I still love her. Sounds like it's fading. If you said, look, I love this girl, but but I still it's, I still love her. We're still hanging in there. I still love her. Oh, I, I'd still love her if she gets fat. But let's be honest. Who wants to be banging? Who doesn't want to be banging a slim smoke show in their middle ages? Exactly. So, Bill, what can I do? And there's nothing wrong with that. 
If this isn't what you're looking for, this whole fucking thing that you have to accept a fatty now and that there's some sort of fun, they're borderline war heroes. They talk about fat people now like they were in fucking Fallujah. It's ridiculous. Anyway, so Bill, what can I do to get her to enjoy exercising without being a complete dick to her? Thanks and go fuck yourself. Uh, this is what you got to do. Before you tell her that you want to go to the gym, go jerk off. <laughs> So she she won't confuse you anymore. All right. What you dealing with here? This reminds me because Mariana Rivera is going into the Hall of Fame. You know what Mariana Rivera? What made him? Who's that? What are you doing? Wait a minute. Is it bath time? Wait a minute. I'm guessing it's bath time. Get back here. Hi. You came in to see Daddy. All right, you're going to go get a bath? I'm going to finish this up, and then I'm going to put you to bed. We're going to sing to you right before bed, okay? Say bye-bye, Daddy. Did you just shrug your shoulders at me? Say bye-bye, Daddy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, buddy. I love you. Love you, too. Bye. Um, fucking hilarious. Every night before the bath, she just starts the second. She gets all the clothes off. She then wants to run fucking laps all around the fucking house. Screaming now I'm naked butt <laughs> It's the funniest fucking thing ever you hear her? Here she comes Alright anyway um, Listen to your mother That's called couch parenting While passing it off on the other one um, Learned that skill set about six weeks ago And I'm loving it Oh look who's back What are you doing All right, close the door. I got. I got to finish this up. Um. Anyway, uh, what the hell was it? Oh Jesus Christ! I was talking about fucking frosty blowjobs. This has really gotten weird here. Sorry. Uh, I'm definitely gonna let. Okay, what do I do here? Um. Yeah, this is like Mariona Rivera, where like everybody knew what was coming and they couldn't hit it. You're in the same fucking position. You're like somebody facing Mariona Rivera in the bottom of the ninth. You know the blowjob's coming, and it's just it's it's gonna it's gonna take you down. The game's gonna be it's gonna be over. All right. This you want if you really want to be a dick, take the blowjob, okay, and then say and now we're going to the gym. She'll be like, what are you talking about? It's like, well, you just worked all your neck muscles, and I don't want your back and, you know, all this other stuff to be, you know, you don't want to be, like, overdeveloped in your neck here. Um, I would just sit down with her and just say, listen, um, I, how, do you say, how do you say, I don't have the fucking energy to drag you to the gym. You're, okay, let's just say what I want to say. Okay, it's not my fucking job to drag your fucking lard ass to the, that's no, too, it's not my job I just don't have the fucking energy to try to get you to go to the gym every fucking day. All right? I can't say that's too fucking mean. <clears throat> just say, listen. I read somewhere. This is always great to cover your inner thoughts. I read somewhere. Vague. Putting it off on this phantom person with no footnote. Most people won't call you out on it. I read somewhere that... Ah, oh, Jesus. I had it and I lost it. I read somewhere that... You know, the best thing you can do for somebody is is let them go to the gym on their own. Okay? It's just like a little kid. At some point, you got to let them go and get out there, you know, and take the training wheels off or whatever and ride the bicycle down the street. 
please skip this bicycle analogy. It's fucking terrible. You're immediately going to be bombing. You're starting to get dry mouth and she's going to, I don't know. She's going to start crying. Just start with what the, whatever the fuck I just said. Okay. So I'm going to go to the gym. I would love for you to go to the gym with me. Okay. But I'm leaving it. I'm going to leave it up to you. Okay. Why? Well, you don't believe in me. No, no, it's not that. I just feel like I'm pressuring you and it's not something that you want to do right now. And it's just making me feel bad. I don't, I don't want to be like overbearing. No, it's not that you're overbearing. It's really fucking hard. You just got to fucking sit in the pocket as she hems and haws and haws and hems and then just say, and just stick to your fucking guns. Like it isn't up for debate. All right. Fucking tattoo that on your forearm like that guy in that fucking movie when he kept forgetting shit. And just stick. That is the thing. All right. I'm going to the gym. All right. I would love to work out with you. The door is wide open. I need you to walk through it. And then stand up and just drop the frosty right on the fucking floor. And you're out. Please videotape that. Let me know how it goes. (laughs) All right, winding it up, winding it down here. All right, here, wrapping it up. Winding it down, wrapping it up, winding it up. That's how my brain works. All right, overrated, underrated. I used to have these all the time. Stuff that's overrated, stuff that's underrated, right? Underrated, having your fucking Metro card out, you know, ready to fucking go through the turnstile. All right? Overrated, taking a fucking express train when you live in Manhattan. It never really passes the local. It's a fucking pipe dream. You need to go to at least three express stops for it to be worth your while. And I'm not counting 34th and 42nd because that's the one that slows you down. That's the little clog in the artery there. All right. Dear Big Daddy Billy Bob, I've got an interesting overrated versus underrated topic for you. I think going on vacation is overrated. Think about it. How much time, preparation, and stress does it take to go on vacation? I'm with you. You end up more stressed than you would have been staying at home and spending time with your family. Oh, my God. Genius. Man or woman who wrote that, it's fucking genius. I'll tell you, you know what's a great vacation? A vacation that you can drive to quickly. All right? I'll tell you what we should have done. My family should have done. I should fucking take advantage of all the fucking lakes when I was living out here on the East Coast. Go up to New Hampshire. You know? Just fucking go to a fucking lake. Fuck the airport. Fuck those fucking airlines with you. Know, you can only use your miles when we say you can. Oh, really? Fuck your miles. I'm going to a lake. Just sit on a fucking lake. Just don't have it be a long drive. And this is another thing. Uh, getting home earlier. You know? And just fucking being at home for a couple of days. And you don't tell anybody that you're home. Shut your fucking phone off. Tell everybody you're going to Greece and stay home. How was Greece? It was great. Then they find out later, you know, you never went to Greece. You know, I had fucking greasy breakfast every day. Does that fucking go? Oh, Jesus. All right. Which leads me to my next point. Having no plans uh, for the weekend is underrated. Absolutely it is. When you have nothing to do, that equals free time. Free time to do whatever the fuck you want to do. What do you think, Bill? I think there was two nails and you fucking hit the head fucking ahead of each one of them 
I don't think a nail gun could have fucking done better than what the fuck you just did with that hammer and those two nails. That that is 100% fucking true. You know, unless you have like a dream vacation. I've always wanted to go to Rhode Island. You know, then I say go. I thought an island was surrounded on all sides by water. Go. Have a good time. Right? Go to Greece. I mean, I, I would do that. You know, but other than that, dude, like... I'm telling you, JFK, Newark, LaGuardia, LAX, O'Hare. I'm trying to find one that isn't fucking stressful. Unless you can somehow fly a short Southwest flight out of like Dallas Love Field, you know, or maybe like Long Beach, fly out of fucking Long Beach or something like that. Just something that just makes the airport a little bit easier. I don't know what. But I am big on the, uh, I'll tell you right now, everybody makes fun of a fucking RV. I want to hear from RV people. I'm, I'm getting the itch, man. I'm getting the fever, getting that RV fever. I get it every fucking summer. I told you, I'm going to get a fucking GMC fucking RV from the 70s, the green one. I want to get one of those fucking things so bad. You know, I just have no place to put it. And that's one of those, one of those things my wife was looking at me. And I just, I'm like, you're right. I know, I know, but come on, come on. Let's do it. You know what's funny? I should just fucking do it. I should just, I, the guy who built my truck, I should just have him buy one of those fucking things and just make one of those fucking things. And I should tell her, I should fucking tell her that we're going on a local vacation, which is not going to excite her. All right? And then I just pull up and I think, Oh my God, what is that? Your fucking chariot, sweetheart. And she's going to get on there, big smile on her face. I'll have a little bit of rosé. I'll be sitting up front like an old man. You know, old man, they always wear that sailor fucking hat, the captain of the ship, right? Just fucking driving down the fuck. Oh, my God. Get the, uh, the, the, the fucking TV going for my kid. Baby shark. Do, 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 do. Get that fucking thing going. Have him build in a little fucking hum- humidor in there. I mean, Jesus Christ. I think I just talked myself back into it. Neil, we're getting an RV. End of discussion. All right, dilemma. Uh, Bill, I, oh my God, I have to have Neil on to tell you the story of this woman who fucking punched her in the neck in fucking Times Square. She has to come. I'm teasing you. I'm teasing you. For the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast, I'm going to have as my special guest, my special lady. And she's going to tell the story. And I was there when it happened. And I had to get in between them two females. Um, Dilemma. Bill, I have a tough slash stupid one for you. For the rest of your life, you can never use furniture. I miss all of this. Overrated, underrated, and dilemma. I miss these. For the rest of your life, you can never use furniture. No bed, no couch, no chairs. Or behind door number two. For the rest of your life... You can never leave the city you reside in. Which do you choose? Dude, I'm a traveling comedian. That's how I make my money. So the only way I win is if I pick Las Vegas and I become a casino comic. Sitting in that heat with global warming just getting worse every fucking year. No bed, no couch, no chairs for the rest of your life. You can never use furniture. You know what? Fuck that. I'm picking. I'm going to stay in the same city. And I'll make it fucking work because I'll tell you right now, like 
your health is more important than fucking traveling. And if I'm going to be slain on the floor like a goddamn cake, can I have a fucking yoga mat? Well, that's not furniture, right? Wait a minute. Wait. Let's see if Billy can build a nest here. You didn't say anything about an air mattress. Oh, my God. How sad would that be every night with that little fucking motor? <laughs> filling up the fucking mattress. People in the next fucking motel thinking you got gas. It's like the longest one I ever heard. Um. Yeah, I'm going to have to say I would, I would, can I choose, I'd have to say no furniture. I would go with like a fucking air mattress. Look at those homeless people. I mean, they have, well, Jesus Christ, look how they look, Bill. I mean, they sleep on the fucking street, cardboard box, fold it up. I don't know, that'd be a lot of cardboard boxes. God knows those things attract fucking rats. Um. I would still have to, I would pick travel. But then that means like, wait, does my whole family, they can't have furniture? Because my, my, my kid's not growing up, not knowing what a bed is. Um, if you say my whole family, then I would choose staying in the city. But it was, if it was just me, if I was like Bill Bixby, just had a backpack traveling around, you know. Can other people, can I like hook up with chicks on the road? You know, use their furniture? I don't know. That's a tough one, man. That's a tough one. But with if I'm if I'm choosing my family, like Liam Neeson, uh, then I would go with the furniture. If I'm by myself, I would choose to travel. Oh, Billy Appleseed here. All right, that's the podcast. Okay, go fuck yourselves, and I'll check in on you with a juicy story from my lovely wife about getting punched in the fucking neck in Times Square. All right, I'll see you. <laughs>